sound funny. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, let's go. <laughs> that's our that's our bumper right there. Okay. What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Hitting the High Notes, a Utah Jazz podcast. This is I, Hutran, here to talk Utah Jazz. Uh, you know, we, we get here. It has been a couple weeks since our last episode, but we're getting closer to the season, so we're going to have a lot more episodes. I'm here. He's driving. It's Jared Barker. What's up, man? Not much. Ah! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when I say nah. he's driving, he's not driving the podcast. He's actually driving a car. So hopefully, I'm, uh, we don't break any laws by podcasting here. Nah, we're fine. <laughs> uh, and we have a special guest today. Uh, he's from the Jedi and Germs podcast. You uh, said yeah. that like a question and not a statement. What the heck? <laughs> because I'm, uh, I, I was going to say germs. I was like, no, it's germs. Like, like in my head, I was going to say germs. And as it was coming out, I'm like, no, it's germs. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Please welcome um, Alan Zog to the program. Hey, what's up, Alan? Well, somebody, how are you? I think we need to check who for uh, for drugs because uh, he's acting all germy. Like, <laughs> hey, when I have to explain my thoughts, I like to like paint the picture like it's in a movie, you know. So, so well, you know, what? I'll I'll give him a pass because germs is spelled with a J, so it might throw you off anyway. It's a little different than normal germs, and so that's yeah. fair. I mean, I give him a pass on the pronunciation. No big deal. <laughs> I'm I, I'm giving him a pass because he already pronounced my name correctly. I'm impressed. Oh, there you go. There you go. I don't, I, I, I so I'll give you some more inside baseball. I was like, oh, I probably should have asked him how he spelled or how he pronounced his last name. I'm like, I'm just gonna go with it. It doesn't make sense, but I'll go with it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> okay, so Alan, the acceptable pronunciations of whose name are Hugh. <laughs> That's not actually acceptable. <laughs> who and who? Yeah, we have uh, we have had a. Um, uh, a few podcasts, no more than a few. A majority of the podcasts where Jared um, uh, was just calling him Hugh. Yeah, he, he mightily called me Hugh. He's like a Borg. He's a yeah. Borg. <laughs> okay, so 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 I got to hear it from the source. Then I, I'm pronouncing it how again? Who? Who? Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's, that's the anglicized version of that. I should, I should get a, I should get a stage name or something to make it easier for everybody. Like just a, a just a nice white name, Ty or something. <laughs> Well, no, I, 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 no, no, I dig the name. I like, I like the trend. I dig the name. I just, you tell me pronunciation, I'll get it right. I know it's all, I know what it's all about. It's all yeah, good. Got it. All right. So, Alan, Jared, let's get ready to, you know, people who are listening, they, they want to hear the jazz talk. They want to hear what we got going on. Yeah, uh, they do. So uh, last week I was uh, asked to guest on uh, the King's Pulse podcast. Uh, they just had a they were doing a bunch of NBA previews. They wanted to know about the Jazz, so they called me on to talk to them about it. Uh, they did ask me an interesting question. They were talking about the Jazz depth and the role players and the bench, and they were asking about the starting lineup. And I guess most uh, people or the national media or people who don't follow the Jazz as closely as we um, they just assumed that the Jazz were going to roll out Rudy Gobert, Boyan Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell and uh, Mike Conley as the starting lineup. Um, and so I kind of re- re- refuted them, but I don't really know exactly. And uh, this week, uh, Tony Jones came out with a couple articles, uh, training camp previews to talk about 
the depth and um, uh, what each uh, player's role will be in them uh, as a wing player, guard player. Uh, I'm sure such a, a piece will come out soon. So, um, what, who do you guys think the Jazz starting five is going to be? Okay, first off, plug the that we had an episode with Tony Jones on the podcast. We had an episode with Tony Jones. <laughs> it, was, um, it was a very popular episode. It was great. I, it was a lot of fun. Alan has talked to him before too. He knows how fun Tony is. Tony's Tony's a stud. Love Tony. Anyways, so we want to know what we think is going to be the starting lineup, right? Yeah, because I'm. Uh, we, we know what the top five guys. Those, those are the the five I named are like the the main five guys, but. Do you think that will be the starting lineup? I think there's a strong possibility that Joe could be coming off the bench as like a super sixth man, you know, a la Manu, Gino- Manu Ginobili. But come on, we're not going to put him in rarefied air like like he's the next Manu or something. But he is Joe Ingles, so he's pretty awesome. So I anticipate that that, that, that is your starting five to start with. And that may very well be the group they finish with. Uh, interestingly enough, we talked about this on our show last week. Because all five of those players you mentioned are in SI's top 100 and ESPN's top 100 um, of players, and they're all ranked. And I anticipate that's probably the lineup Quinn will start with. But you know what the beauty of that lineup is? Quinn has a lot of versatility with those guys and with Jeff Green. Uh, if, if Dante is healthy, Dante now gives you more versatility. There are different lineups that Quinn can play with, so I don't know if if he stays with that five all year long, but I have a feeling that that's going to be the five that he goes out the gate with. I remember yeah. hearing uh, Tony say something to the effect that um, he thought Royce could possibly start at the four, and I thought that was a fascinating possibility. That would be amazing. I- not out of the realm of possibilities either. And I didn't bring up Royce, but yeah, that's another, again, Royce gives you versatility at the wing. He can play, you know, one, two, three, some four in the smaller lineups. So you've really got opportunities with three or four guys that really can be versatile between three positions. So I, do I do again? I don't anticipate Quinn staying all year, uh, but to start with, that's what I imagine he'll go with. Gotcha. What do you think, who? So when I was on the podcast, what I told him is I thought that I thought Joe Ingles was going to come off the bench as well. I thought it was good to rotate those players in and out, have um, uh, you know, some scoring off the bench. I thought someone like Jeff Green, who um, is a veteran, a guy that didn't need that many touches, uh, could be in the starting lineup with those guys because uh, it gives them some versatility, like like you said, Alan. Um, and that um, uh, it's a guy that J- Jeff Green may start the game, but he may not play more than 20 minutes, like 16 to 18 minute guy. And so um, that's what kind of where I thought was going. And then when I read Tony's uh, Tony Jones again, the athletic piece um, uh, about the wing depth for the Jazz, I kind of got the sense that um, he thought maybe uh, Royce O'Neal was going to be the starting four for the Jazz. Um, the part of the piece was like the Jazz have a, do have a lot of versatile pieces uh a lot of swiss army are swiss army players that can play different positions uh dante Exum was being one of them um i don't know about you alan i, I know that jared is an Exum islander uh and so i was asked about dante Exum on the podcast and they said well what do jazz fans think they, they you know the their podcast and i guess maybe national media thinks that dante Exum might be overpaid and my counter to that was i think dante Exum is Look, we're not going to get the top five value when he was like what he was drafted to be, I guess. 
Uh, and that's not how, and that's not how much is being paid either. So, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, but I mean, uh, I mean, nine million to eleven million it kind of depends on what you're like. For for someone who hasn't played that many games, it is an overpay. But for someone who has the potential to be, as I said, a a great defensive stopper who can play the point, the shooting guard, and the small forward, that could possibly be a lockdown defender on, say, James Harden. We we saw a glimpse of it a couple of years ago. Um, if he can develop that, that would be well worth the money. Um, well, and, and who I'll, I'll echo what you said, and that's and I think that's where it comes down to. The Jazz are paying on potential right now, part, partly on potential. And these, you know, you got to remember the history with Dante. The Jazz have scouted him since way, way before he left Australia. They had guys out there when he was, you know, 17, 18 years old playing in camps and in, and in you know, national basketball out that way. Jazz have had their eyes on him for a very long time. He was like, he was their guy when they got that pick in the draft. He was their guy all along. So they are committed to him. And I, I don't fault them for that. I know a lot of people do. I am on that Island. If you want to put me there, I am a believer that Exum can be the guy that they want and they're going to pay him for it. And I don't think he's overpaid right now. And I still, I still expect great things from him. And I think that's fair. I mean, he's had some injuries, but when healthy, he is, he's a stopper. He's got the quickest first step on the team. He's a guy who who has a lot of very very strong potential. I mean, he's got elite skills, and you pay money for elite skills. Absolutely. Yeah, and so I I just thought they they thought it was the overpay, and I thought that was interesting because number one, I didn't think that a lot of people outside of Utah were still you know talking about XM and they, they brought him up. They were like, Hey, what, what about XM? What, what is his role? You know, is he, is he overrated? Is he overpaid? And I thought it was interesting that XM was a guy that they kind of had marked down as someone they were interested in when they were looking at the jazz. Cause they obviously don't watch a lot of jazz games. You know, they're not yeah. jazz fans. So I thought it was interesting that uh, XM was one of their names uh, that came out of uh, uh, during the interview. Uh, so that and so what they kind of were worried about was the bench depth for the Jazz, um, and on paper, if you look at it, it does look like um, offensively it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be hard for the Jazz to score points. Uh, Ed Davis, um, Jeff Green, Royce O'Neal, uh, uh, Moutier. Am I missing somebody? I feel like I'm missing somebody. Oh, uh, uh, Niang. Yang, oh, and Exum, yes. And so, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the Jazz are going to run 10 deep again, it seems like. Yes, they are. Um, and so, I mean, I, I did tell them, like, hey, you know, the Jazz are probably going to have either Conley or Mitchell on the floor at all times, or, you know, Boyan or Ingles is going to be out there, as uh, Tony Jones tweeted out. So I feel like the Jazz are going to be able to mix and match those minutes pretty well to have some scoring threat out there at all times. And let, let's not forget Jeff Green. He was a top five pick in the draft. Um, he is a scorer. He can be a scorer. Has he had his up and downs in his career? Yeah, but he's also a very good defensive stopper. I, he's going to give you offense off the bench, and I think it's a good role for Jeff Green to pay. So I don't know that the Jazz are going to struggle to to put points on the board off the bench. You've mentioned a few guys that I think can still score, and you know, again, the versatility of the lineup allows Quinn to move guys to 
like Joe to the bench if he feels necessary or to keep Mitchell out on the floor and let other guys rest and then rotate it out. I don't think there's a lot of concern at the depth. I think the area where the Jazz, and, and Tony wrote this in a piece a couple of weeks ago, the area where the Jazz, I think, you have to question is the scoring is, is at that four and five position because you're missing that from Derek favors and you're, you know, you're, you're not going to necessarily get that from Ed Davis. So where are you going to get that from? And I think that's where Jeff green comes into play. I think that's where Royce O'Neill's got to step up more. There are guys that are going to have to step up at the, at the, the four or five position to give you those extra points that you're not getting from the absence of Derek favors. And from the piece of, uh, that he wrote about the guards, it sounds like XM won't be a primary ball handler as much uh, this year. Uh, he might just be a 2-3. I mean, he's got the length, he's got the wingspan um, to play um, uh, multiple p- positions. But that does kind of throw um, uh, Moutier, who I didn't really – I kind of thought maybe he was uh, going to be a backup point guard or used in certain spots, but – uh, sorry, I, I meant as a third point guard or, um, you know, not used very often, but it could push Moody to be our primary backup point guard, uh, for the jazz. So, um, I agree. uh, Jared, what do you think about Moody's uh, game there? Well, I've heard rumors that he's been working with Darren Williams. So, I mean, interesting. It's, I don't, I don't know how he's going to look this year. I don't really have a lot of predictions for him. He's got, he's got uh, some nice things about his game. Like he's got uh, some athleticism. He's, he seems pretty quick, uh, but he was not well liked by Knicks fans, <laughs> but well, I mean, they, to be fair, you know, oh, that's New York, you know? So <laughs> yeah, yeah th- th- there's very, there's very little room for error there. I mean, yeah, it's true. Cause there's very little room for improvement in, in basketball players either uh, with a franchise like that. <laughs> Al, Al, do you think Moutier uh, can handle uh, that backup point role? I mean, to, I mean, we're going to need him. Uh, the Jazz are going to need uh, Moutier, uh, especially if they want to like, you know, offload some of Conley's minutes. Uh, you know, get the wear and tear down on Conley. I don't uh, know. I, th- I think we might see Donovan playing a little bit of backup uh, point guard. Um. And as far as Moutier goes, yeah, I'm a believer in Moutier. And I think, you know, this this is his second chance, if you will. Remember, Denver was high on him to begin with. And and then and then they, they ended up shipping him off in favor of their now starting point guard because Murray stepped up to the plate. Very overrated. Overrated. Nah, I still like Murray. I like Murray a lot. I think he's been a stud for them. And he's a good fit for them. Moutier was I, not. And I, like then their, Moutier, I like their backup point guard better than I like Murray. I mean, I, I'm interested in that, but, but I, but Moody, got moved. Moody, kind of disappeared on, you know, on his previous team. So this is his, this is his second, second life, if you will. And I think he's going to step up to the plate. I think Moody is going to surprise a lot of people this year. I hope so. Uh, I mean, it was just it was, like Moody was, as I call him, the X factor for the jazz, not I mean X factor, just like an unknown factor, really. Uh, when you he got, the same, I feel yeah. exactly the same way. When he got signed, I was like, whoa, Moutier. That was like not even on anybody's radar. We hadn't heard no rumblings when Moutier got signed uh, right. by the Jazz. And it was just kind of like just so far out of left field. that like, okay. And all offseason, he's kind of been an afterthought. Uh, I, I'd never put him in any of the 10-man ten, ten rotations uh, I built for the Jazz. 
And, you know, so now that we're hearing rumblings that he might be the backup point, I'm like, okay, I have to readjust my thinking to see what his role is going to be for this Jazz team. Because, I mean, everybody else, we kind of have defined roles. Um, you know, Royce is going to be Royce. He's going to be the guy who goes two through four, come in, he'll, he does what he does. And hopefully he, he takes a leap as well, as well uh, as Donovan or Rudy. Uh, that would be really important for his development. Um, you know, XM is a guy that we all hope to see. We, we know that he has some defensive chops and we hope to see that he can reach um, some of that potential, just, uh, just some of it, you know, just to see that the jazz have put faith in him and we want to see some of that come to fruition for the, for the jazz. Right. Um, you know, Niang's is a very good, like very cheap uh, hand, you know, just goes out there and he's asked to do what he needs to do. And he doesn't try to play over what he, he is. And, um, he doesn't need to, he doesn't demand the ball, but he can step up when need, when need to, you know? Well, and all of these guys you mentioned are defensive stoppers, which is the identity of the jazz. But, you know, it, it I could see Quinn early on bringing, you know, I don't know if Exum's ready, but may, but maybe you bring uh, Royce off the bench to replace Donovan when when Donovan goes to the bench to rest. And then you run Royce with Conley and then Conley will come out and Moody will come in and maybe you run Royce and Moody or you run you know, or you run, you know, Donovan and Moutier and you kind of alternate. I mean, there, there's opportunities there with all these guys and, and you're, you're set at that wing spot. That's the nice part is it's, there's some depth at the wing position. So I think Moutier is going to be fine. And I think a backup point guard's a suitable spot for him right now. And I think he's going to shine in it. Yeah. And I like what you said about like having Moutier come in, you know, as backup with Donovan and, or having, you know, just one of those guys in the backcourt. And I know Jared said earlier that maybe Donovan could play some backup point. And I think there's, there's some, there, there will be some, uh, Donovan ball handling as, uh, as another guard, maybe not a pure point, but you know, maybe bring the ball up and you know, setting a, a play here and there. But cause yep. I know that last year we saw a lot of Donovan, obviously we saw a lot of Donovan playing point because, it was a necessity. And right. uh, I, I talked to uh, our starting just, point guard sucked. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, it wasn't, but it wasn't that, I mean, that's the thing. It wasn't because Rubio sucked. It was because, you know, he yeah, was well. hurt. It was because all three of our point guards were, were hurt. But he also sucked. Right. Don't lie. I mean, that's, that's not here or there though. The, the, but the point is uh, I talked to some jazz personnel in the off season and this is before free agency started, and we talked about. Have, I, I said something like, "Oh, maybe Eric Gordon is a is a guy that Jazz can go after in free agency if uh, they can get him, you know, in a trade package for cheap. You know, if, if we can fit him in, just you know, spitballing." And the source was like, "Well, that's interesting. So, do you think that makes uh, Donovan Mitchell our point guard?" And I said, "Well, you know, it could." Um, I, you know, in my head, I thought maybe they can just go get somebody else to play a point and whatnot, but whatever. Uh, but he said, um, uh, they liked what they saw from Donovan, but it wasn't exactly how they wanted to use Donovan, I guess is, uh, the sense we got. From I, the- go I agree. I agree. And in fact, it's, it's Donovan's in the same kind of situation as you have Derek favors, right? Where's Derek favors, natural position. Everybody <laughs> says the five or the, you know, or, or people talked about him at the five, the back at five for Rudy. He played some at the four Donovan's in that same scenario where he could play a point guard, but in reality, his natural spot is the two. 
That's why Conley is such a great fit for the Jazz. That's why I really don't see Donovan playing much point on this team at all, whether it be back, whether it be in the second unit or not. Donovan might have the ball in his hands at times, but I think Donovan's going to be best, you know, playing off ball with a guy like Conley. And and then and then playing dominant at other times, it's going to suit him best because his natural spot is at that too, and that's where he's going to shine, and that's where he's going to be extremely effective. And I think it's important, Alan, that you said that because I mean, Jared, you know, we you and I have talked about this on previous pods when Donovan played point and how it looked, and uh, at times because I mean, the Jazz record-wise did pretty well when Donovan uh, was a point guard, but mm-hmm. the context was that he didn't play against the best competition and like the yeah. plus minus and the other numbers actually show that when Donovan was there, the numbers were worse for the jazz offensively. Yeah. That it suffered. Yep. And I, and I can, I, to me, like, I mean, obviously I, I haven't played uh, basketball at any sort of like any professional level, not even like school level, but to me, it's like saying, Hey Donovan, I know that you've played shooting guard your entire life, you know, for, what you know 15 16 years here do this now which is completely not completely different but there's a lot of differences between being the off guard versus the point guard and there's a lot more information to process and a lot more uh just uh things that he hasn't practiced in 14 or 15 years you know and yeah i think that's uh i think that's a because i know there's a lot of fans who are screaming at the podcast right now saying no donovan you know was great as a point guard and it worked but it was a band-aid. It was it's probably not, you know, it's not glue, you know. What what Conley does for him is puts another guy out the floor out there on the floor, puts the ball in another guy's hands who can make a play and get get a get a bucket on his own. You know, even more so than Rubio, and I don't care what you say about Rubio, Jared. I love Rubio. I like him a lot. I think he's a great player. I think <laughs> you he's a can, great you guy. I love him. I but, don't. I but, don't have anything against him. But, he was just not a good player. But the difference is, is that Conley, Conley can take the ball in his hands. He can make plays. He can make layups. He's good at the rim. He's good at the three-point shot. He can do things that will draw defenses away from Donovan. And then you can put the ball in Donovan and in Donovan's hands and he can be creative. The other thing is if, if you caught him on uh, the jump earlier this summer at summer league, he sat down and was talking with uh, Rachel Nichols and company and, and Vince Carter was there. He talked about the fact that one of the parts of his game he's looking to add is the post up. Now you can post Donovan up because now you have a legitimate threat at the point guard and you have other t- players like Bogdanovich that are legitimate outside threats, you can put Donovan in the post and he can work his magic. So there's opportunity there, and there's opportunity for him, him to excel his game, for him to evolve as a player. We're going to see things from Donovan, I think, this year that we didn't know existed yet or that we only had as afterthoughts. Hey, who, did you hear about. that? Did you hear that? He said, now we have a legitimate threat of the point guard. So what didn't we have before? A legitimate threat of the point guard. I, so Rubio stinks. No, this for is, this, this, team, is, this, for this is, team, he was a bad fit. For this team, he was a bad fit. This is a segment that Jared, that Jared has every every um, podcast where he just likes to bash Rubio for 10 minutes. <laughs> That's not, not true. Because, You're such a liar. And you know what? In the meantime, Rubio's out there in the world game, which, by the way, he shines in very well. And he goes and wins a goal in F- gold in FIBA with Spain, and he played very well for Spain. So, or yeah, for Spain, he's the he's, FIBA he's, three point he, line is closer to the basket. Do, doesn't matter. 
doesn't matter. It it's a different it style. It doesn't of game matter. We all know it's a different style of game in FIFA, and Rubio shines in that. And I still like Rubio a lot, and I still think he's a great player. I just you're you're talking about fit. Yeah, he wasn't necessarily. He was a he was a good fit for the time for the Jazz. They got places with him. Now they got to make the next step, and Conley's that guy to give you the next step. And there's now some he's overpaid and in Phoenix. Whoa. There's some there's some like um uh, weird like um uh, anger that you have toward Rubio. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Man. <laughs> the okay, you it's remember like the player from the second half of of not this season, but two seasons ago. That player was a mirage. I was mad because it was a mirage, and basically he turned into the player he was the, the first half of that first season he was here. I was upset with him because, like, Ricky, you showed us what you really were last year, and we decided not to believe you because we decided to believe in that second half of season Rubio, which was a fake. Okay. I feel I feel like I helped. I'm sorry, who? I feel like I, I, I helped to fuel this angst session tonight. My bad. Uh, the the funny thing is that it, it'll just come up whenever we're, we'll be talking about. You're something such else. a liar! You're such a liar! <laughs> I'll, I'll bet you anything that that rides with Ricky. And, 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 and anyway, um, yeah, you know what, guys? Let's um, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back and we have some more. Uh, you know, we we got some fun stuff to talk about. Still jazz related, but you know, maybe jazz adjacent. How about that? <laughs> Folks, welcome back. We're hitting the high notes. This is a Utah Jazz podcast. As always, we have Jared Barker on the line at Go to Distance Forty Nine, and Alan Zog. I'm up from the uh, shoot. I just, I just oh, the Jedi and Germs podcast. Uh, Alan, drop drop, drop your Twitter handle for for everybody here. Uh, you can find me at Jedi Zog. Uh, Jedi as in Star Wars. Jedi Zog. Yeah. Z a u g g. Just yep, case people can't it. spell that, you know. <laughs> All right, so uh, and it's still not preseason yet. We're, we're getting there. We're getting to real news, but this is pretty big news to me. Uh, just a few days ago, the Jazz announced that their foul chicken competition. You know, the the competition where the Jazz players, um, uh, or sorry, if uh, the opposing players miss two free throws. Uh, everybody in tennis gets a free chicken sandwich, right? Jerry? Oh, you mean you mean the time when everybody cheers the loudest? Yeah, gotcha. right, 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 right. So, Jared, uh, the deal, dude. Yeah, <laughs> we found this on the break that Jared had not heard this news yet, so we're we're gonna tell him live, Jared. So now the foul, uh, I don't know what they call it, the foul shot, you know, F O W L, whatever they call it, the two missed free throws, free chicken deal, is available to everybody in the state of Utah. Oh yeah, no, I heard that. I thought you were talking about big news, <laughs> dude. Dude, this is big news. Get off my lawn, Jared. That, that's this not big news. news. This is this isn't just all twenty thousand fans in all, the arena now. This is everybody in the state. The state of Utah. All all that's gonna do is clog up the Chick Fil A's after the day after the Jazz game. So, okay, well, great. <laughs> All right, I'll give you that. That that is one of the first things I thought of. Like, oh my god, it's gonna be so busy at Chick Fil A. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. Like, they're they're busy already, and so every single day it's gonna be like you you know when they when it gets crazy and they have those crazy lines at the drive through. That's gonna be every day after a Jazz win. So or I, every day after every day after the opponent missed two foul shots. Uh, so, <laughs> and, and, and this is to try to steal the spotlight away from Popeyes. I bet. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, it's, only, it's only the state of Utah. So keep in mind, keep in mind though, I believe the deal is like it's not just the day after only. I believe it extends to about a week after, was, I think. Yeah, it was five days at one time. I don't know if it still right. is five I, days. I think, but, I think last year if you had your ticket stub, you can go a week after the game. Right. Uh, right. I, you're right. Yeah. We'll see. They might have changed that because they extended it to everyone in Utah. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, the the deal, as as I understand it, is basically you have to have the app now. So you have to yes. get the app. And then um, uh, the day, if it happens, then you can go claim it on the app. And then we'll find out. And my guess is to curb uh, the wait times, they probably will add, you know, three to five days for people to yep. do it. I Especially if yeah, like if it's, if it's a Saturday game, then obviously they they'll get on Monday or whatever. So, right, Jared, we, this is so weird. Like usually I'm the wet blanket, but man, you like you really threw the cold water on everything. <laughs> well, I mean, we got to switch roles every once in a while. You can't always be Debbie Downer. I guess so, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't think you know I don't think you know how role play works here, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh. uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a late night recording. We 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 get weird this late at night. Yes. Uh, well, guys, we are like two weeks away from preseason starting. Yes. Oh man, uh, like, we're actually we're actually less than two weeks. We're ten. Oh days. yeah, we are. It's ten it, days. It, it's 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 it. Is the NBA season starting earlier this year? Uh, uh, not than I last year. It hasn't changed for a couple years. Same. I don't think. I think it's huh. about the same. It's that third week of October preseason. Uh, you've got camps, camps, and um, all and media days are all next Monday and start kickoff camp next week. And then uh, first preseason game for the Jazz is a week from Saturday. Well, yeah, we're recording this on Wednesday, so yeah, about ten days away. That's not bad. Uh, Alan, um, uh, what are you excited to see in camp and or uh, media day? Like, what what do you hope to kind of see from this Jazz team in the in the first like few weeks of uh, the off season? You know, I I don't put a lot of weight in media day to start with, mostly because you're getting a lot of, and I hate the phrase tongue in cheek, but you're really just getting a lot of. This is what everybody wants to hear early on. And it's nothing that we're not going to be surprised about, right? I mean, we all know what's coming. Um, so camp-wise, and, and camp to me is the time where you're, you're allowing, you know, the depth to show through. So if anything through camp, I'd like to see what some of the depth can provide. And and you're also giving guys, you're giving guys 10, you know, what, 10-day contract, camp contracts, whatever, guys that probably won't make the team for the season, but are going to be allowed to play for a little while. So, you know, camp to me is just, it, it's, it's early. So I don't get into as much preseason is when I start getting into things. Um, and so I don't know how much weight I'm ready to put into it yet. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for preseason. That's what I'm really, really prepped for. And that's what I'm really excited for. I want to see these guys get out on the court and get playing. We're going to see Mia, Mia Oni, man. Oh, there you go. Yeah, second round pick, Mia Oni. Um, so yeah, so I mean, okay, so let, let's let's extend it to the preseason. What um, uh, what do you hope to uh, learn from the preseason for the Jazz about the Jazz? Excuse me. Um, and Mia Oni is a rotation guy. There you go. And you know, I I want to see. You know, early on, I don't know we're going to know rotations because, again, in preseason, it's really tough to get a gauge on what your rotations are going to be. But I want to see how dialed in these guys. And But we know from years past, right, 
there have been years where the Jazz go undefeated in preseason, and then they're out the gate in the season, and they're suddenly you know five yeah. lose, lose five of their first eight games, five of their first ten games. So preseason's not a gauge, but early on, I do want to see how well these guys start clicking. You know, I want to see what 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 some of these guys start doing. And actually, Exum might be the most excited person for me to see if he's ready to play and they can put him on the floor in preseason. I want to see what he's got. I mean, show yeah. me what you got. <laughs> Last year, uh, during the preseason, the Jazz beat like the who they beat the Mavericks or the Nuggets by like fifty or whatever it was. Yeah, something like that. Uh, it was a, it was a real NBA team. Oh, the Kings! It was the Kings. They beat by like fifty, wasn't it? Well, and they also beat. They're also this is what their third or fourth year in a row where they're playing that team from Australia for the opening preseason night. Right. Um, you know, I don't expect that to be much of a close contest, but it's still going to be a fun one and. I've enjoyed that they're that they bring other teams from around the world to come in and play a little bit during preseason. It's kind of fun. That's one of the fun games to watch, really. Even if it is a blowout, it's fun to see some international, especially some love for Joe Ingles and and Dante Exum with this Australian team. And then those are the games that we get to see our our, our you know the the Jazz's ten through fifteen guys. Speaking yeah. of us, speaking of Australians, you do you guys want to hear an interesting tidbit? Uh, so, always. Okay, so according to uh, some sources, Ben Simmons lost enjoyment of the game amid criticism last season. Wow. Wow. How blessed are we not to have that guy on our team? Oh, see. <laughs> so this is a, I, I was debating on whether bringing this up because uh, the Jazz right now, on the Jazz Twitter, because I, I am banned from Jazz Facebook, as we all know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Hey, you know, but I, hey, I want know. Facebook Q to make a return, though. <laughs> Facebook Q! That well, is I'm, the best like, character we've had on this show. It's not like you're missing much, dude. It is Facebook Twitter. I mean, it I is know. Jazz, really. It's, it's not, the, miss, not missing The thing is, I do, I do miss the ridiculous, ridiculous stuff there sometimes, because I do like to like see it, and then like, maybe... Like put myself in their shoes to figure out why they are talking the way they are. But there's a, a few debates on Twitter, right? Jazz Twitter right now about one is you know like there's there's a lot of jazz. Um, I don't hatred is such a raw, strong word, but like they they just don't. There's like, a lot of venom. There's a lot of vitriol for yes, thank you. Two, for, two players for, for, in, in, yes. in particular, and Ben like, Simmons and that guy from the Suns. What's his name again? Yeah. And, and I, <laughs> I get it. Sometimes it's fun, but it's also like I don't have the mental like capacity to like waste my time thinking about a player who doesn't play for the Jazz. That well, yeah, really, I just saw it come across my screen, so that's why I thought I'd bring it up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with our I'm with our good friend Chris Five KL. Every time the the subject of Ben Simmons comes up, I just I, I jump on his bandwagon. It's uh, Rookie of the Year again. That's all. Yeah, and, and and it is, and it's like, and <laughs> for such an award that doesn't really mean much for right. like Hall of Fame careers, it was it was a fun battle in the moment, and now that it's passed, I'm like, okay, so if you gave me the choice right now, the the choice between to start my team with those three players, Devin Booker, Ben Simmons, or Donovan Mitchell, I would choose Donovan Mitchell as a Jazz fan. That's just that's just who I am. If someone were to choose Ben Simmons or Devin Booker, and that's that's who that they stand for, great, good for them. They can have them, and that's fine. Like I, I don't. It does. <laughs> it's no hair off my back, you know. No, it's kind of. It is kind of mind numbing when people go out and it seems like they're going looking for fights for these fans of other teams. Right. 
Well, it's it's the same comment I made years ago when when this debate started with Philadelphia. The question was asked, you know, who would you start your team with, Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid? I chose Joel Embiid, and I still stand by that. And a lot of people jumped on me back then. Why would you do that when you have a six eight point guard in Ben Simmons who can do what he can on the floor? And I'm like, because Joel. Because have you seen him in the playoffs? <laughs> better player, he just is. But but who I'm with you? I don't. Why worry ourselves with a guy that's not on the Jazz that we see twice a year? That's not not going to affect the Jazz unless you play him deep in the playoffs. Let's not worry about him. We got the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell's on your team. And, uh, you know, let's let's move forward with what we got, because we've got a we've yeah, got and, and, you, and you brought up the like the, the, the list, the SI list, the ESPN list. And yeah, I find those lists just so stupid. And it's like it's like one of those things like, oh, so and so's number 20. So and so's number 21. Like for when I think of players, I usually think of them as tiers. Like, all right, these are my tier A players. Like if I had a top five pick and we're starting over. These are the five players I could like. If I had number three, I'd be like, all right, I'd be sad if I didn't get one or two. But if I got the third person on this list, great, you know. Like right. I, I think of players in tiers. Like I think of Simmons, Booker, and Dante, uh, Dante, <laughs> Donovan uh, in the same tier as like guys who are very good but have certain flaws. That right. doesn't mean they're bad players. It just mean that they have things that they can work on. And. They all, they each of them do, and that's that. They're in the same tier for me, so I think it's very dumb to try to say so and so is number twenty, so and so is twenty one, so and so twenty two. Because in the in the long scheme of things, if you had one of those guys on your team, you're pretty happy. Well, yeah, and I put it this way: if you're not, and I'm going to name a list of players, if you're not LeBron James, Steph Curry, James Harden, uh, Kawhi Leonard, if you're not one of those guys. You probably have some. Oh, Kevin Durant. If you're not one of those guys, you probably have some flaws you got to work on. Yeah, that's that's all there is to it. And I'm sure I missed somebody on that list, but those are those are your top five players in the world, really. Oh, Giannis. But even oh, Giannis. I think, Giannis pretty, I think yeah. Giannis has a couple things he could probably work on. But right. but really, those he's four, so good at what he's he's so good at everything else he does that you know his flaws don't don't make mean that much. Yeah, yeah. And so can I can I say this though about Giannis? It's like Giannis is what people thought Ben Simmons was. Yeah, I mean he he's way more dominant. He's way more prolific. He yeah, he's what they thought Ben Simmons was going to be. Uh, but he's also been in the, in the league a little bit longer. Like you, you learn with age. I know, you know? I know. And like it, and yeah, you, I, I just I, I look at it. You, you're you've got your top tier, and that top tier. A lot of those guys, there's really not a whole lot that you can really add to their game. They're already, they're already the best in the world for a reason, you know. And and if you're going to start a team, I, I guarantee you, all four or five of those guys are going to be number one on your list every single time. Right. Why? Yeah. Why, why would you choose anybody else? LeBron James is going to easily be one of the top guys I'll take on my team every single time. Why not? Exactly. So. Yeah. Exactly. So I, that, that's why I think. I, I try to avoid those Twitter, but I saw, I saw it, you know, it's, it's been pretty prevalent this week on jazz Twitter. And I was just like, all right, well, it's interesting. It's, it's a good thought exercise to have, I guess. And that's, that's why I, I hope when people listen to this podcast, they, you know, see a different side of point of view and maybe they'll just scroll past, but you know, and if they want to argue, go for it. That's, that's your prerogative. I'm not going to stop you. You do you, as I say, exactly. um, yeah, so speaking of those lists, did you guys how did you guys feel about seeing the Jazz having five players in the top sixty to seventy? 
I like it, and I can't disagree with most of their spots either. It's always good to see the Jazz get some recognition, man. It, it always is nice. It, it is weird though to see that because now, 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 you know, it's kind of like the Utes. You know, when you have the Utah Utes, who, you know, you, you have this mountain of expectations, and oh man, things go awry a little bit. You know, yeah. I, I think the national media has kind of written the Jazz off now. Like the, the Jazz were like the the darlings for like three days until Kawhi Leonard um, uh, and Anthony Davis um, uh, stole the spotlight back. And that's fine. And, you know, but uh, for, for a little bit, the jazz were like, uh, people were across the nation were like, wow, the jazz uh, are legit right now. Yeah. Because, that's a low key, nice team. People were saying, Ooh, right. And, and now it's, it's, uh, it's back to the Clippers and the Lakers, which to me as a fan, I'm fine with, but unfortunately, yeah. The fans of the Jazz in Utah, or just fans of the Jazz in general, now have very high expectations for this team. Um, I think um, Spencer put out a, I, I don't remember his uh, Twitter, uh, Spencer Wixson? Wixson, yeah. 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 He put out a poll saying, What do you think the Jazz is, uh, what would you, it was something like, um, uh, how, how do you, or let me rephrase this. The poll was something like, uh, The Jazz, uh, what would be the lowest exit? The Jazz have um, uh, where you would be not be disappointed. Uh, uh, that's that's a tough call, man. Right at this point, at this point, I think I think I'd like to see him in the Western Conference Finals. I I mean, feels you, like it, right? It, yeah, they they banked on guys this summer to get them past the first round and really past the second round. If you look at the last three years in a row. I think mm-hmm. Western Conference is your next step, and it has to be. And, you know, back to Tony Jones' articles, he wrote a, a great piece a couple of weeks ago about the only things that could really keep the Jazz from getting there, and the injuries being one of them. You take, if if the Jazz stay healthy, you take the injury bug out of it, then I, I and, and, and if they gel as a team, then I think they are a legitimate Western Conference contender to make it to, to that round. And I, I find it hard to believe otherwise. I think that they can beat any other team in the Western Conference to get to the Western Conference Finals. Right. Which is, it doesn't sound like it's that hard, but for, I mean, if we take a step back to think about it, Western Conference Finals means you're a top four team in the NBA. Yep. And, but more importantly than that, you're one of the top teams in the West, which does mean you have to get through the season healthy and things do have to kind of fall right. And you have to beat, you know, there's a lot of tough teams in the West. Like the playoffs are just going to be a bloodbath, whether you're the first seed or the seventh seed. Like you're going to have tough matchups uh, in every round. And, uh, you know, I think it, I think high expectations are fair. Do we have to temper back a little bit? Sure. As fans, we should. We don't want to set ourselves up. But on the same same token, expectations should be high. You have the reigning, two-time reigning defensive player of the year. You have a young guy in Donovan Mitchell that now you have the pieces around him. He should shine and be even more efficient than he was last year. Why shouldn't expectations be high? Why not? Yeah, and I I talked about this this being the Gobert window, like right right before his uh, extension kicks in, and the Jazz have you know obviously had some room to add people in, but the next two years are important for the Jazz because uh, the two extensions are going to come up, and after that you have to get very creative with how you build your team. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Jared, Jared's not agreeing. 
No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just grimacing at the thought of. Well, <laughs> let's just say there are certain there are certain paying fans one out player like fifty thousand or fifty million a year. Yeah, it's gonna be hard. Uh, here's what I said to that, Jerry. Um, you, we, we can worry about what's gonna happen in two years, but I mean, right now we're on one of the best rides. Let's just enjoy the ride. Yes, yeah, let's like, just right enjoy. now the jazz jazz ride um, uh, looks amazing. The journey. But let me. And I was going to say, let me put it in perspective, Jared, it it for you. I, I am, I have a hard time with paying players a lot as well, but we're consumers. We consume the game of basketball and we pay to consume the game of basketball. And there are millions of fans that do. And as a result, TV deals come out and they go, look, people are paying to watch. So we're going to pay the teams in the NBA. And that has to be turned around and put onto. No, no, I just mean from a team building so, perspective, man. I I know, and that's what I'm saying. Like you, you, you know, if the Warriors are willing to pay fifty million to Steph Curry, and the Rockets which are going to pay very well should be, which which they very well should be, then Rudy Gobert, you know, he's not at their level yet, but with the way he's playing and the way he's headed, he may very well be worth that. And I know a lot of people can't swallow that, but it's 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 a market deal and the market dictates it and the market's there and he's worth it as far as the market's concerned so pay him or you lose him right yeah that's the way that's i true. it i mean look at mike conley mike conley is is he overpaid i would have to say yeah he's a little overpaid yeah. right now but oh, yeah. the grizzlies have to pay him like, oh yeah they that, that he was he was he was the memphis grizzlies him and marcus all and just because he's overpaid doesn't mean he's a bad player, right? Um, you know, but it is it is what it is. Like you, you kind of have to pay certain. You know, certain markets have to play the game a little differently than the Lakers and the Knicks do. You know, so I know I'm just not I'm just not excited about like all the uh, people who are going to be like, oh, your team B is really good, fifty million. I'm like, shut up. I mean, Go hey, away. You know I'm aware of this fact. You can. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> Those are the same people that made fun of the fact that we're uh, paying Joe Ingles fifty million over three years. Why? Yeah, yeah. He's that it's... kind of a player. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he was worth it. Oh, Joe's worth it. Yeah, for sure. Maybe he's worth it. I mean, it. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't. You guys know how I feel about Rudy. I don't, I don't have problems with Rudy. It's just from a team building perspective, it's very difficult. Once, yeah, you... the supermax is a whole another podcast that I want to get into because uh, there are some there are some things that I don't agree with about the supermax. I guess <laughs> absolutely. Uh, supermax podcast, <laughs> max power. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. Also, thanks to our Utah sponsors, the Off-Broadway Theater in downtown Salt Lake and the Great Room Escape in Layton, Utah. If you have a second, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. It helps us podcast out, and we will enter all written five-star reviews into a drawing for free tickets to either the Off-Broadway Theater or the Great Room Escape. Just write a five-star review, and you'll be entered to win. Well, let's switch gears a little bit here. We we've done a lot of jazz talk, but I, I kind of want to get to know Alan here. This is the first time Alan and I have I actually ever talked. Really, um, I know that you and Jared are friends of or, or frenemies or frenemies. <laughs> no, I, I just I just like teasing Alan. He's a great guy. We're, oh, yeah. we're friends. 
yeah, we've known friends. each other for a few years. Yeah, so um, uh, yeah, Jared uh, wanted uh, Al and I to meet up at uh, Salt Lake City Fan X, which, is, if you don't know, is the comic convention that Salt Lake City throws uh, either yearly or by or by yearly or biannually, whatever 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 the word is. Uh, we just couldn't do it because uh, my Fan X was super busy. Alan, I, I believe yours was too. Yes, it was. Oh, so. oh yeah, Alan was doing all kinds of podcasts and stuff. What did you do? At, I was uh, say, I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, Jared introduced us because I had seen you mentioned of on Twitter off and on. I never, I don't know. We never hooked up, and I'm glad he introduced us because you know I f- I feel like I'm better for now having met you at, at least on Twitter and talking in this scenario. But um, and you know I dig I dig your show too, by the way. But so FanX uh, last year. Uh, see, I, I host another podcast. It's a Star Wars podcast. And uh, last year, uh, my, one of my co-hosts, one lives in Ohio, the other one lives here in Utah. He submitted to Fan X for us to go and uh, do a live panel and do a show. And so last year they had us on. We did a panel. And then this uh, April, they had us on again and added a couple more. So we did three. Well, this year in, in September... I ended up I ended up on four panels um, and and really had a good time and they keep having us back and they keep they keep uh, they keep uh, allowing us back to be on these panels and and to moderate or or guest on these panels and it's 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 been a blast just it's all Star Wars I mean that's what we talk and that's what we do but um, it was a good experience got a chance to sit with a Star Wars author who I really like and. Uh, talk a little star wars i got a chance to meet one of my star favorite star wars authors and get a get an autograph so it, it, it fan x has been kind of fun the last couple of years because i've been had a little more involvement than i would say in past years yeah i am uh, i was gonna say that's that's where i wanted to get to i, I also do a geek, geek culture podcast and uh, a few other podcasts and i was kind of hoping that maybe one day uh i can get enough listenership to submit the fan x there uh so that's really cool uh also uh, so tell us the name of your podcast again. So this Star Wars one's called Idiots Array Podcast. Uh-huh. Idiots uh, Array. Idi- Idiots Array. A-R-R-A-Y. It's a... Oh. It's, it's, like it's, the it's, hand. Yeah. yeah, it's a playoff. It's a it's playoff. A for, for those who don't know much about Star Wars, it's 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 a part of a game um, called Sabacc, which is the... Uh, the the galaxy far far away's version of poker, if you will, and Idiots Array is your is your royal flush, if you will. It's the one that beats everything, and uh, it's it's the particular hand that that someone can beat you out on. And so we kind of played on words and decided we liked we liked it, and so we named our podcast after that that uh, particular uh, card game hand. And uh, you know we've 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 had a lot of fun with it since. Yeah, so I mean, oh. naming podcast was uh, it's, it's, it when I first started doing this, um, it took me a, a few weeks to figure out what to name the podcast because I, I I think I wanted to use the note and figure it out, and uh, we had one of our another one of our guests come up with it. And I was like, that's great, I'm using it, and you know, obviously that. <laughs> um, you also um, uh, you you do a, a jazz podcast uh, yourself, but it's also um, uh, it has a Star Wars um, uh, adjacent name. Yeah, so and that one's kind of a funny one too. And I I tweeted about it a couple weeks ago because we just hit five years, or we're coming up on five years. Yeah, two hundred episodes. Woo! Yeah, we just did our two hundredth episode. But John, uh, who goes by Germs Guy on Twitter, 
um, approached me five years ago and said, Hey, you know, I, I really like this podcast thing. Cause we used to do one on an old, uh, sports network. And, uh, he's like, I really like this. Let's do something with it. And I said, well, what do you want to call it? And, you know, my online name is Jedi. Um, and he goes by germs and he's like, well, let's just do Jedi and germs on the jazz. And it kind of built there. And so then I, I started, you know, doodling at home, trying to decide on a logo. And that's when we came on the logo a little bit, you know, basketball with, uh, with the germs logo and, and with, with a lightsaber on it to kind of bring in star Wars a little bit. And, and it's kind of grown it, it, we talk star Wars, but, but the unique part about it is that we don't just hit on news for, for, for the jazz, but we talk NBA. And then of course our last segment always ends up being pop culture. And we like to talk about the latest in pop culture, John likes to review movies or if I've seen movies, we'll review them or, you know, whatever you're watching on streaming, whether it be Netflix or Amazon prime. And we, we really like to geek out because we both are just as much geeks as we are basketball fans. And so it, it's been a really, it's been a really fun podcast to do. And Devin, Devin, Devin was, is a big part of the show. He's our producer, but he's, he's just as much a part of our show as John and I are. And, uh, and, and, you know, we, he is the engine as much as as anything that helps keep us going and it's it's been a blast and five years five years 200 episodes it's been a lot of fun to this point yeah and devin devin lives in ogden who so i mean you're yeah. both ogdenites oh yeah, yeah in, fact, that. in fact that's where we record at i'll i'll you know unless unless devin can't go i'm usually driving up to north ogden and uh, hanging out at his place and recording the show there so yeah we Ooh. have a lot of fun we do Making that long drive, yeah. Uh, I listened to your last, uh, not your last the episode before, but the Mount the Mountain logo you guys talked about, and um, uh, uh, you guys got, did a lot of Team USA talks. That was very very good. Uh, yeah, so go look. You're on you're on Apple uh, Apple Podcast, which is the big one. But um, uh, we yeah, are I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you're on a lot of other podcast platforms there. So we are, and uh, we recently switched over to Spreaker now. And so if you if you use Spotify or iHeartRadio, we're also on Spotify and iHeartRadio just recently added. So, yeah, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Cool. Uh, do you have any other uh, jazz podcasts that you could recommend to people? Because, you know, I, I, I've been reaching out to other jazz podcasts like, say, hey, let's let's get on. Let's talk to each other. Uh, there's no need to, like, eat into each other. I mean, there's enough jazz space out there to for jazz fans, you know? So I'm trying to think. You put me on the spot, and I can never remember names. I know Jabber Jazz. Uh, I think is one that you listen to, right? I have not had a chance oh. to listen. In fact, it's just recently I learned about Jabber Jazz. I need to check them out. Um, th- another one that I do check out occasionally is uh, James Hansen, and uh, is it Milo? I think that does the one over at SLC Dunk. That one's a fun one. Yep. Um, James, I okay. If anybody doesn't get a chance, you got to check out James' YouTube channel because man, I love his reaction stuff that he does on YouTube as well. James is great. Um, uh, didn't he just have a trial for the Salt Lake City Stars? Yes, I had a got a kick out of that too. He ended up <laughs> periscoping his moments as trying out for Utah Stars. It was great, great to see James. James, much love, my brother. So, um, but a lot of I'm trying to think of who else I know. You get out mainstream KSL. You've got a couple of guys at KSL that do one that I'll listen to. Of course, David Locke. Love David Locke. So Locked on Jazz is always one that I like to check in with because I love hearing his perspective uh, on the jazz, especially his unique perspective where he's at. He can talk about things. Um, in fact, leading up to the Mike Conley trade, 
that was one of the big episodes I listened to to hear his thoughts on Mike Conley. So I'm just sad with who he's selected as his weekly locked on NBA guys because they, I don't know, they've really tanked that show in my opinion. <laughs> hey, you know what? His network, the fact that he's got the network he does. No, I think it's great. No, I think I like I like most of his network guys, but the, one of the guys he has do the the national one. I just am not a fan of it all. I, right. I I strive to be David Locke. Uh, maybe not with the yelling, but uh, <laughs> David Locke is is pretty legit. He's he seems he's uh, I've actually met him in person once, and it was after a really bad loss. And to his credit, he was still a nice guy. So I, I do want to like I I I want to build a podcast network someday and call it like the the Who on Podcast Network. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> name, name me a single podcast out there. Where your lead host does his own drum session as he starts. That's pretty hilarious. I love, it's even better when you listen to it on double speed, man. Pow! He leads off with that. Who I'm glad you mentioned it. There's a lot of jazz podcasts out there. A lot of folks that do it, and you know what? I we aren't. We aren't. You're, you're right. We're not in competition. We're out there. We love the game of basketball. We love to get out there and, and share share insights with each other and talk with each other. And I, I think that it, podcasting is a great platform for you to be able to use and get on a soapbox, share your thoughts, share your feelings, talk amongst yourselves, bring guests on, and do things like that. It's 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 a great platform, a great place to do it. And there's no need to compete. We're all out there doing the same thing and having a good time. Yeah, so, I mean it's it's kind of amazing how much of a community uh, podcasting is. Like, I you know they do this thing apparently at uh, Salt Lake Community College every year with, for podcasters, and hope to go there next year maybe. It's pretty cool. All right, so I, I do want to I'm gonna steal um, uh, your segment now. Then Alan, let's let's talk about uh, the last movie you saw or do a movie review of a movie you saw last. Um, let me think. Let me think. You know, I, I've been doing a lot of streaming on Netflix lately, too. But the last movie, and I talked about this on our recent show of Jedi and Germs. The last movie I saw, we rented Men in Black uh, International. International, which makes a lot of sense because, you know, they're a worldwide network. <laughs> they're an intergalactic of a, a yes. network. But, yes, International is the is what they need to name it. And I, and I, I mentioned to John, John hadn't seen it. He didn't care too much to go and see it. I, but I, I'm an old school Men in Black guy. So Men in Black, money. wow, dude! I just made that. I just made that noise with my mouth just to mess with you guys. But Men in Black one and two were my favorites, and so it, it get get this one was a little bit different for me to get into. And you like Men in Black too? Oh man! Ugh. Yes, dude. I actually did. I know a lot of people didn't but i actually did but this one this one had its strength but it definitely had its its weaknesses it it felt rushed to me it probably wasn't as great as the others um chris emsworth i thought did a pretty good job the lead actress and i still for the life of me can't think of her name uh tessa, um, tessa thompson yes tessa Stop thompson i thought i thought she was extremely strong in it she's probably she probably had the best role and did the best job of anybody in the movie so um but but overall i did the story was you know less than stellar if you will um but you know that that that's the last movie i've rented the last one we saw in theaters i'm just trying to think man yeah, like I, uh, I agree with your assessment uh, i actually did a sort of um uh, a, a similar review on my geek gods podcast that uh the characters were really good in men in black uh, international however i keep, I keep want to call it 
Men in Black Three, but it's actually Men in Black Four. Um, yes. That, but the the yeah, the plot and just like the writing was really weak for the movie, and it, so yes. some of the jokes just fell flat. Like these guys were acting yeah. their ass. Oh, it's man. almost like the thing is, if you combine Men in Black International and Men in Black Three, that would have been a great movie, right? You have the characters, the strong characters, and the good plot. <laughs> yeah. so, but Men in Black Three had a great plot, but it felt like I don't know. It felt like uh, Tommy Lee like, Jones and and uh, and Will Smith were phoning it in. Yeah. It was just awful that well, way. And, and in fairness, no, you're right. There was weak. There was weak writing. And see, I'm a big Liam Neeson fan, so I expected bigger things from him. And here's the crazy thing about it: who and and maybe you agree with this that the the movie was predictable from the get go. Like oh, yeah. I do. Yep. I yep. knew who the bad guy was the moment they even the moment the moment you stepped into the scene. I knew it was Liam Neeson. I'm like, that. There's your bad guy. And we were watching it as a family, and my wife and kids and I were talking, and they all thought it was his. What the other guy? I can't even think of his name. That the right oh, the, guy that was yeah the yeah the one that they the one the movie tries to steer you towards. I guess yes. yeah. Yes, and they did a horrible job of steering you towards him. Liam Neeson, I knew, was the guy all along, and I'm like. You're really gonna lead me like this, really? And and so there was aspects of the movie I thought, all right, come on, guys, you can do better than this. You can do better than this. Yeah. And in black, he's yeah. done better than this. Um, like I, I I do not enjoy that when they like, hey, we have a big twist coming for you, but the big twist is not a big twist at all. So yeah, yeah. I miss I miss Barry Sonnenfeld. He was the guy that did the first two. Uh, I, I feel like he probably could have strengthened this. And, and Barry, Barry Sonnenfeld has got himself quite a resume too. He's done a great job. He did the Netflix series of, uh, um, lemony snickets. So like he's, oh, he's right. got a long history and he's done a really good job. And so I think that's where they might have failed just a little bit Is I wish they could have brought him back in and maybe he didn't want it, but I think he might've been able to strengthen this with the better writing. Jared, I'm a, you, you, do you have a movie you want to you want to talk about? Because I do. Um, I'm trying to think of something I've seen recently. Oh, okay, while well, you think, I'm gonna tell you mine. Like I, okay. I just this week I saw Britney runs a marathon. Now this is a movie that I had like a, a, I saw ads for it for like three months, like on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. I'm like, oh, and every time I saw the ad, I go, oh, you know what? This looks like a good movie. It got released at the end of August nationwide, but nowhere in Utah had it for for like ever. And so just last week, I was looking uh, on my AMC app. I go, oh, my God, it's out. So uh, my friend and I, my uh, Geek Gods host and I actually went out and watched it, and we loved it. Um, it's an indie movie. It's about a woman who just um, – uh, she's not happy with her appearance. She decides to run the marathon, and it's more than just like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to get fit. It's like her struggle – like through everyday life to like why she wasn't fit. And even when she got fit, like physically, mentally, she still was um, uh, unhealthy. And um, uh, like, she just had to like work through all that. And like, it really like touched me. I was like, wow, this is such a good movie. I'm so glad it finally came out to theaters that we can watch it here in Utah. So it's a little indie film. If you have a chance to go watch it, please do. It's going to be one of the best movies you watch all year. As who is talking, I am googling it very much because I had never heard of it. You're right. In fact, I've I've been waiting on Joker to come out, man. Oh, that's that's next week. <laughs> yeah, on the 26th. No, it's this week. It's on the 26th, man. But I thought, you're, I thought it, it is it is independent. It looks like its original release date was here in Utah at Sundance. Actually, Sundance, right? Uh, I, I guess I was talking about uh, National Theater's release was like August something. And it looks like uh, Toby Maguire's name is penned in as one of the producers. I found that interesting. 
He's not in it. But, never you know. heard of it. I've never heard of this. Wow. Yeah. He's, he's not well liked in Hollywood. <laughs> hey, don't get me stupid. I'm I'm serious. He's not like he was when when the, all that stuff was going to his head. He apparently wasn't a very nice guy. <laughs> well, where are you seeing the Joker's coming out this week? It's uh, I'm I'm seeing October fourth, Jared. Oh oh, never mind. That's an early release showing. I'm sorry. Okay. I was like I was like I was like you're gonna you're gonna Get the you know twenty listeners. No, no, it's it, it's October. Yeah, it's like oh, tw- wow, twenty listeners, huh? Wow, you got to be humble. <laughs> well, I'll have you know that three hundred people listen to Tony Jones. I mean, us. Like, <laughs> if, if, if you are one of the 20, 20 listeners who stayed this long, I appreciate you guys very much. Yes, we, we uh, all appreciate you. And to, as a side note, today Real Salt Lake honored the team that uh, that won the first ever professional championship in Utah. Aside from that ABA team that won a title, um, the Stars. Uh, so. So uh, and and they retired Javier Morales's number. So you know, big ups to Javi El Maestro. We we miss you. We appreciate you. We're glad you were here in Utah tonight to watch Real Salt Lake lose to the Galaxy. <laughs> Wait, something you mentioned that I bring it for your listeners uh, next Friday. We were talking about Jazz preseason. Saturday's the first preseason game. Next Friday is Fan Appreciation Night. Oh, I see. So now I have two jobs where I work like every weekend, so I can't I can't go to any of this fun stuff. But uh, yeah, jazz fan appreciation night. Um, should we have a podcast appreciation night for everybody? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Hey, guess what? The Fighting Preacher is still in theaters. I might have to go see that. Yeah, I did. Um, I did see that. Um, uh, uh, at the or the for the first ESPN game, I think SLC Dunks having a, a jazz fan meetup that. I'm going to try to go to. I, I want to meet some jazz fans. And just, and By the way, I encourage it. I don't know if I'll be there, but I do encourage the meetups. They're fun. They're a blast. Yeah. And that's that's how I've gotten to know a great deal of the Twitter community is because we've we've done tweet-ups at games in the past, and it's a great opportunity to meet fans and, and get to know people. It's 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 a good time, man. That's how I met Jared. Jared, Jared and I did a tweet-up. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Well, so. And when you're at games this year, you're going to have to hit me up. I'm... I'm I'm a part season ticket owner again, or season ticket uh, holder again this year. So I'll be at uh, quite a few games. So when oh, nice. you're there, message me, hit me up. We'll have to meet up. Any anybody that's there, just you know. Yeah, that's that's for all the listeners to yes. meet up, Alan. There, so uh, Alan, where, tell, tell them where they can hit you up. Uh, so if you look up Jedi Zog, you'll find me on Twitter. You'll find me on Facebook. You'll find me everywhere. Jedi Zog, um, and. Uh, you know, Jedi and Germs, of course, the podcast, Idiots Array. Um, no, yeah, that's mostly where you'll find me as any of those places. Uh, if you're a jazz fan, you are probably connected to Jared uh, Barker in some way. But just in case you're not, Jared, where where, where, where they can find you? <laughs> I'm at Go the Distance 49, guys. Nice. Jared knows a lot. By the way, the 49 in his is something that he and I share in common, too. It's all about... Oh, uh, yeah. And we're, that we're Niners fans. Oh, yeah. 3-0. and 3-0. and Yes, sir. Oh, I was, hoping, I was hoping for a joke answer or something. 
Hey, I just, I'm sorry, who I had to get in a little 49er love here because you know that's 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 my football team. So I, I just don't think who cares about football or something. I don't know. Uh, I, I love fantasy football. I just don't <laughs> care for the NFL. There you go. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I, I've, I, I've, I've gone publicly like Josh Eberly one time, uh, a very well connected, uh, NBA, uh, writer, podcaster, Josh Eberly without, without fantasy football, the NFL probably wouldn't be, wouldn't exist as, as well. I'm like, Oh my God, he's right. I would not watch mm. football. Was it for fantasy football? Eh, I think uh, it would still exist. Football is kind of King, man. Talk about a guy who drops some serious hot takes. Josh is known for him, and I get a kick out of some of them sometimes. Yeah. But he drops some smart knowledge too. Josh, Josh is a good dude. Hit us up at um, at Jazz High Notes. Uh, we are about to run our um, five star review contest. If you leave us a five star five star review, you'll be in line to win tickets from the Off Broadway Theater or uh, the Great Room Escape in Layton, Utah. So uh, the Off Broadway Theater in Salt Lake, downtown Salt Lake, or the Great Room Escape in Layton, Utah. All right, thank you guys for joining us. Um, uh, love talking jazz basketball. Uh, we'll have way more episodes coming during the jazz season so thanks a lot guys mm-hmm.